new iPhone 13 updates, and more coming up on today's episode of the latest in tech news. Gadgeteer, you're just in time for the latest episode of the world's fastest growing show on tech and gadget news. That's right, this is the latest in tech news. My name is Taylor American. If you're new here, welcome. If you enjoy the content, be sure to subscribe, share this with a friend, and uh, if you don't like it, let me know. Uh, I always appreciate feedback. Either leave a comment or uh, hop on our Discord server where we uh, chat endlessly about technology, but today is March 1st, and uh, like I said, we are going to jump right back into the action, give you all the latest tech news. I know I've been uh, lacking in that department, but no longer. You see, you'll finally be able to get your shows as expected, when expected. So expect this show to continue every single weekday, henceforth, uh, barring any other updates or announcements. And if there are any, I'll be sure to let you know. But today's news, we'll be looking at Apple's iPhone 13, uh, at least pro features and a couple other expected things to come out uh, gadget-wise. We'll also be taking a look at a bizarre electric racing scooter that goes as fast as a car. You'll want to stay tuned for that one. We'll also be taking a look at the next uh, update, as it were, in Bluetooth. It's called a Bluetooth LE Audio. So we'll be taking a look at that. It's actually quite interesting. Finally, a development for Bluetooth. We'll also be taking a look at Deep Nostalgia, a creepy new service that uses AI to animate old family photos. is kind of interesting and disturbing at the same time. And finally, we'll be taking a look at a light up OLED tattoo. So with that being said, let's head on over to today's feature story. All right, first up. For today, Apple's iPhone 13 Pro to feature bigger battery and a 120 hertz display, according to an analyst. Uh, I guess this came from uh, an investor's note that came out today from TFI Securities, um, as reported by Mac Rumors and CNBC. Uh, the securities analyst, Quo, reportedly expects the iPhone 13 lineup to include the same four models as the iPhone 12 lineup. That's the iPhone 12, 12 Pro. 12 mini and the 12 pro max the two iphone 13 pro models will reportedly use ltpo technology in their displays for 120 rehert her oh well 120 hertz refresh rate which we've heard about in previous rumors as well so it's kind of confirming things as we get down the line here all four phones in the iphone 13 lineup will also feature larger batteries than the 12 counterparts as well as qualcomm's snapdragon x60 modem now, it, um, they're expecting Apple to unveil iPhone 13 later this year. company didn't immediately respond to a request for comment, but uh, that being as it is, well, we'll always have to wait and see what happens with all that. In addition, Apple could be releasing a foldable iPhone with a 7.5 to 8-inch display in 2023. There is a patent out currently, but the company has yet to announce any plans. But the plans are they've been reportedly working on a prototype foldable display with an invisible hinge. Um, but anything that comes out of that remains to be seen. What do you think? Are you excited about the iPhone 13? Are you going to be hopping on board? Are you kind of happy with the 12 or the one that you got? I'm more than a couple versions behind on mine, but I'm um, happy with mine as is. So let me know your thoughts down in the comments. Moving on.
All right, moving on to the next article today. By the way, if you guys are interested, everything that you find in today's show can be found over at technewsgadget.net, so be sure to stop on by there for the latest. And if you want to join a community of other tech news aficionados, gamers, interests, head on over to our Discord server. Links to all that in the show notes or over at technewsgadget.net. Now, this article comes to us over from Wired, and it's about a bizarre electric racing scooter that can go as fast as a car. Specifically, talking about the e-scooter S1X, a uh, carbon fiber version of a Segway that can reach speeds of 100 kilometers per hour, which is kind of crazy. In other terms, it basically is 60 miles per hour. I'm not I'm not sure though. Um as the author here states in the article goes on to say not many people would wish to hit speeds in excess of 100 kilometers per hour or 60 miles per hour on a transport device with no roll cage, completely open to the elements and riding on 6 and a half inch wheels traveling just a few centimeters off the ground. This is however what anyone taking a trip on an e-scooter S1X racing e-scooter can look forward to. Now to give you a comparison as to how this uh, electric scooter stacks up against recreational models, the top speed of, well, some other favorites is frankly more than sufficient at 15 and a half miles per hour. But there's something different about this scooter. You see, the e-scooter S1X has been created for the planned e-scooter championship race, which will start towards the end of the year. Races will be conducted on specially built circuits. Concrete seams and cracks in pavement would not do well at these speeds. Um, in a city park or street or within stadiums, so they're kind of getting their own little uh, arena built. It will be just 400 meters to one kilometer long, and races will be heat-based, lasting 8 to 10 minutes each. Six riders per heat will battle or scoot for a place in a final that should then feature a total of 10 riders competing for a win. Much like with Formula E, where for the first couple of seasons, team had to use a standardized race car that they could then modify and refine. The scooter uh, is intended to be the initial stock scooter, and then in subsequent seasons, outside developers will be able to allow to submit their own rides. It's... It's kind of crazy. So it's like, wait, it's going to be modified even more? Like, what more? I I mean, if you look at these pictures, it definitely looks like it could handle the juice. Powering it are two 6-kilowatt motors, um, one on each wheel that have been developed specifically for the prototype racer and are powered by a 24AH battery with 1.33-kilowatt capacity. Okay, WH, something like that. I'm bad when it comes to some energy um, symbols. Oh, well, it's Monday. Uh, The e-scooter has a carbon fiber chassis and an aluminum front and rear assembly and weighs 35 kilos, but has hydraulic disc brakes to combat the speeds it can't produce. As for cornering, the model can lean over 50 degrees if the driver is brave enough. Pretty crazy. Uh, And then they go on to explain... They actually have two modes for power delivery, a conventional thumb throttle and a boost button for maximum thrust along straights. So it's actually kind of interesting to see how this will sort itself out. Are you kind of interested in this? Not really. I mean, the the electric power motor is, is definitely there. It's going to be impressive to see a scooter like this racing 60 miles an hour down a racetrack, <laughs> even though we're only used to 15 and a half at most. But uh, yeah cool not cool let me know down in the comments and with that being said let's head on over to the next article we got lined up 
well, now I spoiled it for you guys. I'm getting used to a new setup. Um, as you can tell, new, new background, but, um, what is Bluetooth LE audio? Now, if you're watching this, you're probably wondering, why do you keep referring to this as a podcast? It's because it is a podcast and a lot more people listen to this podcast than actually watch it, which is fine. But if you want to listen to this show on the go, head on over to latestintechnews.com and uh, you'll have your subscription options right there. Or you can look us up on Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, we're listed there. Hit the subscribe button. Be sure to leave us a review. That'd be greatly appreciated. And uh, we can continue to keep cranking out great content. And uh, you can actually tune into the backlog of shows that we've got. We have 229 other episodes for you to sink your teeth into to see uh, what's changed. Because it the show actually keeps track of the latest current news and tries to keep it evergreen. So that way, um, if you listen to it in the future, obviously that's the only way you're going to be able to listen to it. Um, unless you took this episode from the future, blast it into the past. And then now you're listening to a futuristic episode in the past. That'd be cool. Hi. Um, <laughs> as you can tell rabbit hole. Anyways, what is Bluetooth LE audio to get back to the article? This article is from Mashable, but many folks might use Bluetooth daily without ever wondering how it works. It's a good example of how wireless technology can feel like magic. And thanks to an upcoming evolution of that tech called Bluetooth LE Audio, the experience of beaming signals from one device to another is about to seem a whole lot more magical. First outlined by the Bluetooth Special Interest Group in 2020, LE Audio is a new kind of Bluetooth standard with the potential to unlock all kinds of new audio listening Tricks, once adoption is widespread enough, things like sharing a song you're listening to with another person's earbuds nearby will be possible once companies like Qualcomm make compatible chips. But since we're not quite there yet, now's the time to brush up on what Bluetooth LE audio actually is and how it can make your life better going forward. What's the difference? In simplest terms, Bluetooth is a decades-old technology that allows you to do things like wirelessly connect a pair of AirPods to your iPhone, it's not really new, although it's regularly updated, like any other technology, to allow for higher data speeds and longer connection ranges. Those upgrades are probably more noticeable to developers than they are to regular folks. Bluetooth LE Audio broadly does the same thing, but it's a new and specialized kind of Bluetooth that can transmit high-quality audio while drawing significantly less power than before. A general non-audio version of this is called Bluetooth LE, um, has existed since 2009, but it wasn't really possible to adequately stream audio in low energy format until now. That's why, um, as of recently, it's been fueled by the new Low Complexity Communications Codec, or LC3. Codec basically compresses audio to whatever size it needs to be for streaming. LC3 can transmit audio at an acceptable quality without draining as many resources as the classic form of Bluetooth. Now, to get an idea of what it could do, um, they actually have a Bluetooth SIG website. You can click through the different bit rates and you'll notice the audio quality gradually gets higher as the bit rate gets higher and that's general across audio. However, even at the lower end of the spectrum, such as 128 kilobytes per second or 96, the quality remains acceptable despite theoretically using less of your earbuds and phone's battery in a real world scenario. The most obvious benefit of low energy audio streaming is better battery life on Bluetooth LE and audio enabled devices. And uh, that said, there are some less obvious and actually way cooler applications for Bluetooth LE audio. For example, the fact that LE audio uses much less power means you might be able to easily connect 
one pair of headphones to multiple devices at once without doing any manual Bluetooth juggling. For example, perhaps you could go from watching Netflix on your laptop to taking a phone call using the same earbuds without any hassle. One other very cool potential application is what the Bluetooth website calls audio sharing. Imagine you're listening to a song you think is totally fresh or a podcast you think is super important and you want to show it to someone nearby. With LE Audio, you should be able to broadcast that audio from one source, a phone for example, to multiple pairs of wireless headphones at the same time. But the bad news is that it'll be a little while before most people can properly try out Bluetooth LE Audio. Still very new, so it's still an application, development, production, things of that nature, but all of it's right here on this uh, article for you if you want to read more. Alright, with that being said, let's head on over to the next article. Alright, now on to, um, I, I guess, I've heard this described as a cringy um, technology. It's kind of interesting, kind of creepy, kind of creepy, creepy, uh, but it's called Deep Nostalgia a new service from the genealogy site MyHeritage that animates old family photos has gone viral on social media if you haven't seen it already. And another example of how AI-based image manipulation is becoming increasingly mainstream. Launched in late February, the service uses an AI technique called deep learning to automatically animate faces and photos uploaded to the system. Because of its ease of use and free trial, it soon took off on Twitter, where users uploaded animated versions of old family photos, celebrity pictures, and even drawings and illustrations. It was actually kind of um, <laughs> disturbing. I don't know if you want to see this. I don't know. I'm not sure if I have the uh, proper permissions to play, but I do have the links in the show notes um, for this article for you guys to take a look at. But like most deep fakes, which is a name for the popular use of this technology to map one person's face onto footage of another, the service is exceptionally good at smoothly animating features and expressions, but it can also struggle to generate data to fill in the gaps in what it can't see from the source photos, causing a sense of the uncanny. Um, like somebody did it to a statue, they did it to um, a World Warcraft uh, drawn character on a... Um, on like a printout on, on a physical game copy. Oops, I'm kicking the camera. It's still kind of freaking me out. Some people love it and consider it magical, while others find it creepy and dislike it. But um, what are your thoughts? More importantly, I'm scrolling here. Let me know down in the comments whether you like it or not like it. It's uh, quite interesting, but uh, we'll have to see where this technology goes, and hopefully it doesn't creep us out too much that we're not interested in persona technology anymore because there's certain certain things about it that are pretty fascinating but if you just keep cre creeping people out you can only go so far before people say okay you know what enough just take it and flush it down the, the toilet of history i don't want to see it anymore <laughs> that's just my personal thought so with that said let's head on over to today's final article all right now as i um might have mentioned several times before if you guys are interested in the show notes for today's episode uh you can actually get those at latestintechnews.com technewsgadget.net or if you're listening on the podcast app of your choice right now the show notes are actually embedded in this episode so if however you get more information or what have you 
You can actually get your information that way. Tap on the article itself, which I do include in the show notes, and uh, head on over to read the articles for yourself without having to worry about, well, how do I get the article? Because I make sure to include in every single episode show notes for the articles mentioned in the episode. Let's dig into what we got. This article comes to us from Gizmodo, but scientists have invented light-up OLED tattoos. Tattoos are usually considered a form of personal expression, but a team of researchers in Europe have created what they're calling the world's first light-emitting tattoo based on OLED screen technology that, besides presumably looking kind of cool, could also serve as a visible warning about potential health concerns. Um, the interesting thing is that, sure, people use tattoos because they... They enjoy tattoos for their own reasons, but there's also a precedent for tattoos being used as a medical tool. See, cancer patients undergoing radiation therapy are tattooed with small dots that are used as reference marks for precisely targeting the machines used for treatments during repeat sessions, for example. The idea of personally augmenting one's skin with glowing art isn't new either. You might have seen it, but previously this has involved biohackers implanting technologies like LEDs beneath the skin, and the results don't have much practical use besides attention-grabbing or inviting questions about why someone would do that to themselves. But this new approach to light-emitting tattoos is easier to apply, more practical, and temporary without requiring surgery to have it removed. Um, They have a recently published paper from the Advanced Electronic Materials Journal, um, called the ultra thin, ultra comfortable, and freestanding tattooable organic light emitting diode. Um, it goes into detail how their new approach to tattoos relies on the same organic light emitting diode technology featured in devices like more recent iPhones, as well as the recent crop of mobile devices featuring folding screens. The flexibility of an OLED display is important for this application, given human skin is pliable and flexes and folds as the body moves. So, um, the actual electronics of the light emitting tattoos made from an extremely thin layer of an electroluminescent polymer that glows when a charge is applied measures in at just 2.3 micrometers thick, which according to researchers is about one third the diameter of a red blood cell. Uh, they then sandwich the layer between a pair of electrodes and sit atop an insulating layer, which is bonded to temporary tattoo paper through a printing process that isn't prohibitively expensive. The tattoos can be easily applied to surfaces using the same wet transfer process that temporary tattoos designed for kids use and can easily be washed off when no longer needed or wanted using soap and water. Kind of interesting. Um, But don't stroll to your local tattoo parlor and demand one of those fancy new glowing tattoos just yet. Researchers have so far successfully applied them to surfaces like glass, plastic bottles, paper, and even oranges, but human skin poses a bigger challenge given how much humans are constantly moving around. Um, The polymers can also degrade quickly when exposed to the air, um, so they're trying to figure out a way around that. So um, it also includes you you kind of need an external power source, so you really wouldn't want to attach a USB power cable to the ink on your arms. That'd look a little bit weird. Um, So the technology's getting there from what I could hear last and see but uh, if you're interested in learning more the article is over at gizmodo all right and with that that wraps up this episode of the lace and tech news thanks for tuning in lace and tech news can be found on every major platform including apple Podcasts, spotify google Podcasts, and wherever else podcasts are found if you enjoyed this episode be sure to let us know by leaving a review and sharing this episode with a friend also double check that you are subscribed so that you don't miss the next episode I'm your host, Hail American. Remember, for the latest in tech, gadget, and gaming news, visit technewsgadget.net. Pretty much keeping awesome guys, and I'll see you on the flip side.